Hey, this is Coach Cimarroni for Blood Time. Um, we want to uh, really thank the people at Anchor and encourage you if you are starting your own podcast or currently using uh, another platform in your podcast to uh, try Anchor. Anchor is a terrific platform. We're very, very pleased with their performance and their technology as well as uh, their support. So uh, give it a try. Anchor is a great, great uh, technology and platform, and we're pleased that uh, they are uh, one of our great uh, partners at Blood Time. Thanks for listening, and uh, continue to support us as we will support you with great stories. Thank you. Blood Time, the podcast that speaks to the bond, the emotion between coach and athlete at the interscholastic and intercollegiate level. Each interview, each segment will reveal that bond and what was learned, how they were transformed, and what each athlete took to the world at large from that transformation. These stories will warm your heart and astound you all together. Submitted for your approval, now it is blood time. Hey, Blood Time listeners, this is Maverick Peters over at MV Podcasting. Just want to give a quick shout out to our dear friends at Defense Soap. They're doing an incredible job staying on top of the world crisis that is COVID-19. Check them out if you get the chance at www.defensesoap.com. Thank you. Hey guys, welcome to Blood Time. This is Coach Cimarroni and I've got an amazing crew in today, but I want to thank uh, Chad Bronstein, the president and CEO and founder of uh, Philo, a phenomenal new company uh, out of Chicago, Illinois. And I want to thank you, Chad. Uh, you were terrific uh, in our last uh, last episode. Today, I have the first father and son team that we've been able to interview and the honor to interview uh, one of my mentors uh, when I was growing up. He, he was coaching uh, when I was in high school and his son. We've got Larry Hoon. And Adam Hoon, Larry Hoon, the retired head coach from Cleveland Heights High School, and current head coach at Bedford High School, High School Adam Hoon. Welcome, guys. Thank, Thank you. you. Absolutely. So, Larry, you have been coaching, or you coach for what? Thirty-eight years at Heights. Thirty-eight years. Thirty-five as the head coach. That is fantastic. Um, you, you know, I have a little emotion here as well because my uh, mother's brother Lenny Arslanian was the first. Uh, captain and the first state place winner in the history of Heights Wrestling. That's right. Mark Matavina, your mm-hmm. mentor. That's right. Yeah. So tell me a little bit about what's going on now in your life and um, some of the memories, some of the stories, some of the, just some of the reminiscence of rest, uh, coaching at Heights High. Well, um, I don't know. I, I, I'm sure that I did not start out with the idea of being a head wrestling coach. Okay. Um, <clears throat> football was, was the sport that I was interested in. Right. But I learned quickly that uh, you better have a supporting staff around you sure. uh, to do a good job at football. You couldn't do it all yourself. Right. And I was uh, very much a guy who wanted to do it all himself. Of course. So I did not want, you know, this was not going to work out. But the timing was such that uh, the guy before me, Joe Geiger, okay, uh, 
resigned after three years. Mm -hmm. uh, truth be told, I was a very poor assistant. I was not uh, a good assistant. Okay. Uh, was, was that because you wanted to do things your own way? Oh, yes. <laughs> you weren't headstrong then, right? Not, not at all. Not <laughs> very sure. He was like a, a shy flower in the corner, right? <laughs> <laughs> and uh, when I saw what, what I thought could be done in my limited, and believe me, limited right. uh, knowledge of wrestling, sure. uh, I thought I could do a better job. Okay. And so the situation presented itself where Joe Geiger mm -hmm. resigned mm -hmm. and uh, Mark Matavina and I'll always give uh, the props to Mark a Hall of Famer yes yes um, I'll always I'll always remember him he was a guy who rewarded loyalty gotcha. and uh, he was a next man up kind of guy he was sure. not going to go searching uh, you know beating the bushes to try to find the best wrestling coach gotcha He's who's the next person up within the staff, and I always remember that because you know there's so many people get lost in the process right. of uh, you know they're waiting for their chance and their chance doesn't come because they hire somebody in front of them again. Right. Um, he gave me that opportunity, and uh, I was you know woefully unprepared. Okay. Okay. But uh, I. I I thought it. To, I thought I could learn the sport. I, sure. was, I was very proud at yeah. that time. Well, he was a heck of a he was a heck of a tutor. And you know, he never ever mentioned to me yeah. that he was second in the nation Isn't at, that per, at Purdue. Isn't that something? Uh, yeah. There's so many of those guys that were in that were that were in Northeast Ohio during mm -hmm. that time. I mean, you know, uh, and he was a war Gene Gibbons, right? Oh, yeah. Well, I he mean, was a war veteran. Sure, and, uh, and he had gone away to the, okay. in the Air Force mm -hmm. and then came back to wow. Purdue and uh, was second in the nation. Was he Was he the uh, impetus for Hoon's Platoon, the very famous Hoon's Platoon uh, over the years? No, that, that's another story. <laughs> okay. Uh, and we'll credit that one to Dave DiCarlo, oh, okay. who was uh, the football coach sure. at yeah. Heights yeah. Uh, several years after I had started. Okay. And uh, he was always looking to uh, get some... Uh, how should we say? Get some uh, camaraderie. Camaraderie sure. with a group. Esprit de corps. Yes, uh, I like that. And yeah. uh, that was uh, that was what he he always looked for some kind of catchphrase. Sure. And uh, so you were marketing back then. Yeah. Which yeah. I love. You know, this <laughs> yeah. you were so you were doing social Ahead media the, the way social media actually should <laughs> yeah. be do be done face to face, right? Right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We love that. Well, that's fantastic. So you, you took over, and you took over what, in the mid-70s, mid right? Uh, 1973 okay. was, the, uh, was the first year. And we were talking off-air about Thor Zednick, your first, your first mm -hmm. uh, uh, captain and also the son of the famous Zip Zednick, who was the head coach at Shaker when my dad was there. Oh. And Gene Weiss was one of his champions, oh, yeah. the famous, from the famous Weiss family. And my dad tells a story about Thor. He said, Zip brought him into the pool. He was like two years old. And he threw him in the pool. And he said, swim, Thor, swim. <laughs> and Thor is just... So, and he found a way. He found a way. <laughs> he found a way. But he was your first captain. But not yeah. long after that, something pretty amazing happened at Cleveland Heights High School. I think it was a class, class of 76? 76. Talk, talk to me well, about that. Well, let's uh, set the stage for that Please one. Please do. Um, <clears throat> we were we were a scrappy group, sure. but by no means uh, 
skilled uh, to our competition level around. Gotcha. You know, Lake Erie League was a very, very competitive league. Yeah, the old and, LEL. Yeah, there were um, great coaches yeah. no matter where you looked. And I was the low one on the pole. Okay. Um, then the next year, so that would be the fall of 1974. Right. A family moved in by the name of Gutierrez. Oh, yeah. Freddie. Uh, Freddie. Yeah. Flying Fred, yep. as he was known, because <laughs> yep. he would uh, do uh, incredible flips of backflips after his wins. I love it. And uh, the, the Gutierrez's uh, had five children. Mm-hmm. Father was a, a professor at Case. Okay. Um, had five children, all, four boys and a girl. Um, the four boys wrestled and were all uh, way way above average. Sure, they, they were they were clearly above average. Right. But what was really neat about this family was that they um, <clears throat> they had charisma. They uh, uh, they were magnets to sure. other kids. Sure, I mean the kids just came to them. They it's just not anything you can explain. They just had a personality that you cannot uh, teach charisma. You no. either have it or you don't. <laughs> and they yeah, had it. That's fantastic. And uh, Fred was uh, was a junior mm-hmm. the first year. John was a senior. Jim was a sophomore, and Charlie was a uh, eighth grader. Okay. Cindy right. knew as much wrestling as all of them, oh, and was uh, quickly became the head statistician. Love that. So there was a family that uh, just came in and gave us instant credibility. Sure. And uh, Fred did really well in tournaments. And uh, somehow he meshed up with Tom Seals, yep. who was a good wrestler, but didn't really have anybody that he could go with that would test but they were him. sort of around the same weight? Yes. Yes. Uh, Tom was a uh, 67. Yep. And uh, Fred was 75. Right. Then there was Bob Cohen at the bottom. Bobby Cohen. Who was a... Uh, Little scrappy, yeah, oh, very scrappy, That's and right. uh, Jewish kid from and we had, yes, and we had so it, much, yeah. uh, so much um, togetherness with Beechwood at the time sure because did. every Monday he yeah. would go over to Beechwood and yeah. and wrestle with uh, Fisher, I think his name. Fisher Stone was there, Ricky Sorkin was there at that at that same time, and they all knew each other long oh, before yeah. they ever got to high school. Oh yeah, that was all Longwood Y, right? Yes, yep, Longwood Y and East Cleveland Y, yep, back in the day. So they kind of matured together. And, uh, you know, and it's just a strange, you can't explain this one either, but uh, right. nobody, uh, people had good teams and good individuals, but nobody had a bunch of them. Great. So three guys right. could win the state tournament, which yes. will probably never happen in, in our lifetimes. Well, you were right between the dynasty of Maple and the dynasty of Eds. Pretty much. So it was you guys, I'll fin- mm-hmm. finish the story. I don't want to, I don't want no, to that's a, the story. The, you know. The, uh, you know, Maple was kind of, Lightening up, at least in their strength. Right. Uh, though they were still tough. Pretty, yeah, they're very tough for right. us. And uh, Ed's was just uh, Howard Ferguson had just taken the head job. I think this the next year. Right. And Fred was a senior. I think he was there, and you know it was uh, he was on a mission. Sure. And um, although he was kind of getting his team together and getting his uh, coaches together. Right. Um, he wasn't quite yet there yet, but it was didn't take him long. No, it didn't. And uh, so Fred was uh, Fred placed fourth in the state. Right. Tom was third. Right. With an incredible finish, he, he had a fall. 
pinned the kid. Didn't need to. He was winning at the time, but he pinned the kid right. from Hilliard uh, in the last second. So it was oh four minutes, gosh. 59 seconds on the clock, which we have a great picture of yeah. uh, at that time. And, uh, you know, that two points mm-hmm. was the difference between ourselves and Bay Village. Who had the, Mike who Deanna, had the superstar right. Mike Deanna. Right. Who, as legend has it, and I'm right. not... And I didn't see it, but I, right. but I heard yes. that he was so upset with not pinning Charlie Coase from uh, Lakewood yes. that he put his fist into a uh, one of those little fire extinguisher yes. cases, yeah. and many stitches later, yes, you know he could not uh, he he could not uh, muster the strength that he needed to pin somebody, right. so he did not pin the next person in his finals match. Right. That was Charlie Coles that he couldn't. Exactly pay. right. Yeah. yeah. So what a confluence of events. Yeah. That happened, and Bobby Cohen. And Bobby he, won. Bobby won. won. It. He was a he was a guy. He I mean I can remember him sitting on the uh, on the uh, bed in, yes. the, in the motel, right, studying the program. Okay. And at that time, you know, you didn't have we, we didn't think about scouting people in advance, or at least I didn't. Right. Uh, the only scouting we knew was this kid's record is this, and it says that in the program. Sure. And uh, so he looked at that and looked at it, and I remember him saying, I can beat this guy. Right. I can beat him. Yeah. And, geez, he did. And you win by how many points? One half of a point. Never, <laughs> that is just a stunning, <clears throat> stunning yeah. confluence of it and story. Oh. It's just, I mean, you guys had to be. It excited. happened so fast that I didn't really know what happened. Gotcha. Uh, I was not expecting to be in that position. Right. Uh, and before I knew it, they're handing us a trophy. Oh my gosh! And uh, was Dwayne's match the last? Did Bay Village Fred, wrestle after? Uh, or no, uh, he Bay Village wrestled after. Like, had no. he won it when he got the pin? No. Uh, oh, so there's other Tom, events uh, after. Deanna was wrestling at the same time as Seals was wrestling because be the first oh, and second right. and third and fourth were. Wrestle at the same That's time, right? So you it's, didn't even it's know. crazy. <laughs> and he did it. And, he and didn't Adam, know, you he? weren't even born yet. No, no, I, was, no. I was two years <laughs> after. He got his first title before he got his first child. I'll so. be darned. I'll be darned. So Adam, growing up as the coach who won the national, who won the state title, what's what's that like? I mean, you know, I mean, you, you had well, that was just stories. That was just the big trophy that was off in the corner of our house. Sure. Um, he didn't put it on any kind of display or on the mantle or anything like that. Right. I don't think mom would have let him. <laughs> but, uh, you know, when I was old enough to, to ask, and I knew that we were going to dad's wrestling matches all the time. Right. And, you know, mom would tell us, because right. he would never tell us those things. But, you know, she'd tell us his, his, his team won the whole thing. They won the whole tournament for the whole state. Well, that's kind of Again, hard. you know, being five or six years old when you first hear that, you're kind of yeah. like, oh, wow, neat. Yeah. Can I get some candy? It's right. Like, you know, you're kind of on to the yeah. next thing. Yeah. But uh, as the years went on, my, my dad was, like you said, the loyalty thing. He kind of, he always kept pictures of, he still has them. He has pictures of every, he has team photos of every team that he ever coached. And as the years went on, you know, our little wall off on the side going to the, the downstairs bathroom, like, it just started filling and filling sure. and filling. And it's got it's lots <laughs> it's, and lots it's of a, pictures it's on it, right? It's a true right? gallery, right? Right. Yeah. And then as I got older and I started wrestling myself and I realized that St. Ed's was yeah. St. Ed's, you know, yeah. you look back. To win a team state title is something very, very significant to do. Because, um, like it, you said, you need more than one. You can't have one. You got to have more than it's one. It's truly man. stunning with the, with the intensity and the ability that St. Ed's had 
yeah to, to well and then when i get again right. as i grew older and grew into yeah. the sport and i i've been over there since in my older days i've coached with some of those guys i've taken right. some of my guys over there yeah. that the mentality that's over there right um, right and the, the mentality and not just there but a lot of rooms and a lot of the good programs we have in northeast ohio but to to see what it takes from right. more than just one individual. Now, I've had a couple of good guys yes, myself in my tenure. You had some great but guys. to have yeah. teams of guys like it's that crazy. is well, impressive. Well, you know, we, we had uh, we just we just aired the Barry Broom interview. Yeah. And he talked about Jack Carroll's room, which was forty guys in the room, three, four deep. You don't have that. All, but at Saint Ed's, all state placers. You, you and, did. Yeah, yeah. You know, we were talking. I was talking to to a wonderful producer, Maverick's father, Scott Peters, this morning, and he was talking about Mike Ryba. From Chanel, never mm-hmm. wrestled a varsity match. Was a two-time national champion JUCO. That's and uh, how about uh, Gary Seracy? Gary Seracy never mm-hmm. wrestled a varsity match. The guy gets hurt. He goes in there and wins a state title at Maple. So that's mm-hmm. the kind of generational things that we saw. But also too, you know, Adam, you talked about just it, part of your narrative. Your dad was a, you know, coach of a state championship team. He was, so he was the coach at Cleveland Heights. Yeah. And, uh, I spent my summers at Cleveland Heights. He ran a sports camp there sure. all his years teaching so that was part of my upbringing was uh we grew up in Menor, lived in Menor, went to school in Menor, but my summers were in cleveland heights yeah so uh, i got to know all these uh kids from many because it wasn't just cleveland heights kids there it was shaker orange sure. beachwood garfield heights you know kids from all around went sure. to this sports game it was like the first of its kind kind of thing i mean we had I don't know, 300 kids at this camp every mm-hmm. summer. Multiple, a lot Fantastic. of his wrestlers and yeah. uh, students he had in class were counselors. And, right. and so I really had a, a very diverse upbringing. And um, I am very appreciative of that because I, I got to meet a lot of different people from different cultures, different backgrounds and things like that. So right. uh, wrestling probably kind of started that and sure. got it, but it was ultimately his, just where he was, where he landed at Cleveland Heights that yeah. allowed yeah. me and my brother and sister to have uh, a very unique upbringing. So, well, you know, it's interesting because I look at you and you are the prototype blood type because you are the son of a wrestling coach, and now you're a wrestling coach at right. Bedford. Just sort of happened. Yeah. <laughs> well, it, no, it didn't. I mean, it, it no, definitely it was... happened. So, so tell me a little bit about what that blood tie, what that that bond, what that <sighs> inspiration did for you. Well, I know uh, the the thing I probably most admire about my dad is when I, going through high school, going into college, and even when I started coaching is um, the bonds he created with guys. Yes. Um, To this day, maybe not his proudest uh, story, but I know for a fact that he he was a pen pal with a young man who was in prison. Wow. And uh, the guy made some poor life choices. Sure. But um, felt... uh, that my dad was the guy who was a big influence in his life mm-hmm. and that he felt that writing to him was something important and something that might help keep him on yeah. the right path while he was doing his uh, incarceration, uh, incarceration there, yeah. while he's spending some time there. Spending some and, time um, at camp, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, and I kind of, I, I think I just always thought to myself, like, gosh, I hope I never have to do that. Sure. But sure. I want to be able to do that. Yes. If anybody's ever in that kind of position or situation, I want to be able to, talk people into the right direction, point them in the right way. You know, I by no means have made all the right choices in my life. Well, but, who has? Right. right. Yeah, and, exactly. But those are all learning. Like, the, the goal is, you know. Fail forward, right? Right. You know, I, I tell my students, you know, mistakes are okay. Yep. Don't repeat them. Exactly. You know, you, learn, have, a, you have a mistake acceptable culture. Absolutely. But don't repeat that. Don't make the I, same I silly mistakes over and over again because right. then you're just not learning and you're right. not taking the lessons to heart. So um, I think I, for obvious reasons, you know, the, the, the young man in prison was sure. 
kind of a shock to me and wow, yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah. And I think he showed it to me one day. He's like, you know, I got this letter from there. Right. And uh, I was like, whoa. <laughs> you know, it's, yeah. Yeah. It's kind of impressive. But, um, you know, I, like I said, I haven't had to deal with that in sure. my life. But uh, I've had some young men who still, you know, I'm only 16 years in compared to, Still, you know, that's a heck of a lot of time, right? I feel like I've been doing yeah, it a while, yeah, but um, yeah. you know, I've had some young guys come back and reach out to me already, or they they ask for things and want my help, and I either tell them I can or I tell them I can't. You sure. know, depending on the situation, I let them know why or what, what they need to be doing. I try to give as much guidance as I can from both my growing up experience and my own experiences and stuff. So, right, um, you know, it's the empathy, though, right? Yeah, you know, you learn to to feel for guys. I think my biggest part is I was very fortunate in the way I was brought up. Not every kid gets right. to have a fortunate upbringing, and um, well, a lot of times we are the parent, or we are the father figure. I, we I are feel that way a lot. Figure, yeah, and, sure. And so we have to take that with a lot of a lot of responsibility, a lot Absolutely. of seriousness. So I, I just try to make sure kids understand that um, when they come to school or they come to wrestling practice, whatever, they know that I'm a guy that will tell them what they need to hear and sure. they need to hear it. You might not like it at the time, right. but. Uh, Trust and believe that I'm, I'm only telling you things you need to hear or that I truly believe in. Yes. And, uh, and to make sure that you're doing the right things. Yeah. Well, you know, it's interesting because I, I just wrote a letter to a kid who's a private now. He's just he's doing boot camp. And uh, this is a kid that literally we struggled at Beechwood when I was, th- I was there for three years uh, mm-hmm. on my second tour. And we struggled to keep him in the program because he just had some substance abuse problems. And he's trying to, you know, he's, he's, he's making the right decisions. He got on the team last year. He, he made it through the team and he took fifth at the sectional. He didn't make, you know, not not a great wrestler, but he's in the, in the army now and he's doing well. And his dad just emailed me and said, "Dude, could you write him a letter?" Mm-hmm. And I wrote him a letter and I don't care if he gives me one or not back, but that's what it's all about, right, Larry? Mm-hmm. So tell me a little bit about that. Tell me a little bit about that mentality that you have because you saw heights change, and you talk about right the 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 beautiful rainbow of experience sure. right, that you had sure. growing up and you saw heights change from the early 70s to when did you retire okay. 2008 2008 so over those almost 40 years that was a pretty different well you uh, know there's no culture. question that the the demographics of the community has changed sure um <clears throat> i like to think for the better i think so um i learned uh, i learned so much by the community changing as it did uh, about other people and uh, how other families like to do things sure and um, it it was a um, it was a great it was a great blessing to me to be able to do that and to see that Um, I was very as you know you wake up and one day and you say wow the School is not the way it looked when I came right, in. Right, But that was 30 years, some years ago. Of course. Um, Although the facade that just changed is beautiful. Oh, it's terrific. It is gorgeous. You know, they brought yeah. back the old uh, old school. And, and, um, and uh, all, all due respect to the community sure. that, uh, for doing it that way. Sure. You know, they wanted that school to look the way it looked, right. you know, in 1928. It was just and gorgeous architecture. It's, it's terrific. Yeah, and it people really just uh, drool over it. I know. And uh, I feel I feel real good to where things have gone and how things are looking there now and and so on. Uh, it was just a. Uh, I was very very concerned mm-hmm. about how other communities right. 
viewed our community, of course. And uh, I took it very personally because sure. these these kids <clears throat> were my kids. Yeah. And if you hear uh, a, a less than sensitive comment yes. from somebody's parent or a fan or something like that, sure. you know, it hurts. And it, it doesn't hurt the ordinary person who has no vested interest. Just walk in a minute kids. in my shoes, right, Larry? Yeah. Just oh. walk a minute. Then you could maybe criticize. You know, I just posted Teddy Roosevelt's Man in the Arena. Oh, right. Great quote. You know, great quote, right? And I was getting mm-hmm. another thing. Uh, mm-hmm. a, a business associate sent that to me unbeknownst to me. I walked in and it made my, not my day, my month mm-hmm. that I got that. I had to post it. I didn't, you know. And so the critic, right? The critic. It's not Walk the critic. a moment in my shoes right. and then we can criticize, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so s- talking about that, Larry, you coached some amazing human beings <laughs> over these 40 years almost. Mm-hmm. Talk, talk to me about some of your most famous or <clears throat> favorite memories about coaching some of these young men. Well, the one that, you know, I was actually thinking about that <clears throat> and the one that continues to stand out in this day yeah. was uh, so we labored our way through 11 years of trying to figure out how to win the LEL. Sure. I mean, even with good teams. Yeah. We were just not good enough. Hey, listen, you know what? At the ESC with Richmond Heights in there, we had some great Beachwood teams. We never won. You know, so I get it. I get that. That's Mm -hmm. a frustration when you have these teams that take fourth, fifth in the state and can't win the league, Mm -hmm. right? That's how good Northeast Ohio was. Well, I thought we had, I thought we had it figured out. Okay. Um, I thought. Nineteen eighty four. Okay. Uh, Valley Forge had a very good team. Yeah. With uh, Pat Samari. Oh yeah. And uh, it was um, lining up. You know, you coaches of that era, Coach I and sure. Paporis and that. Yeah. We'd sit around forever and do strategy. Doodle our. You know, if we move this guy here and what, right. what we do? Well, we had we lined up pretty well with Forge except for one weight class. Okay. In the one eighty five. All right. They had a pretty good kid. Ours, not so good. Uh, but willing. Yeah. A willing kid, but just not as skilled as the other. Sure. Well, now this kid from Forge twisted his ankle, hurt his shoulder, did something, and for two or three weeks he was out. Wow. Now, I'm salivating the whole time. Right. right. And this is our chance. Right. <clears throat> we uh, get this kid ready. Our kid ready, Steve McKenzie. Okay. Uh, got him ready. We could slap a cradle on in good Beachwood fashion. We yep, could slap sure. a cradle on anybody cradle, if yeah. they just put their head to the knee. Yeah. And uh, this new kid that they had, which I'd watched for three weeks. Straight, right. Uh, this kid is going to make that mistake, okay. and we're working on it. Yeah. Well, we show up to the weigh-in at Valley Forge. Right. And uh, lo and behold, their first-line kid is ready to go. Okay. <laughs> and I thought, no. Miraculously. Not after all yeah. this, no. <laughs> Miraculously. He's well, and, 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 and as we look back on it now, yeah. good, because yeah. we didn't want to beat a team because they sure. didn't have a guy in there. Right. Well, they had the guy in there, but he was not in the shape that he was yeah. three or four weeks earlier. Sure. Uh, our kid did the same things that he did in practice. He slapped the cradle on that guy wow. uh, three different times wow. and put him on his back. I mean, I couldn't believe what I was seeing. Wow. And he wins the match, which sets us in great position because our heavyweight was a monster and theirs sure. wasn't. Right. And uh, the, the heavyweight just came up and said, 
do you want me to pin him? Yeah. I said, what do you mean you do want me to pin him? Of course, of course I want you to pin him. Pin him as fast as you can. Get, off the get out of here. Get out of here. Yes. Yeah. And uh, the, the thing I remember about that match was we were losing 26, 20, 26 uh-huh. to 6. Wow. At the halftime. Remember, we had oh, breaks. Oh, yeah. Sure. Yeah, because yeah, we had a full team. <laughs> right. Yeah, went back we, in the day, right? We won the final. Uh, we won the final six matches. Oh, wow. Uh, three of them by pins. Wow. Some expected, some not. Sure. And, uh, I mean, I, I thought, you know, here we, get, here we are again. Right. One more year as the second best sure. team in the league. Yeah, yeah. But it didn't work out that way. And, we, and the kid that was primarily responsible for that was a guy who was running for uh, uh, judgeship in now, Illinois. I'll be darned. Uh, this tomorrow or whenever the election What's day is there. What's Steve McKenzie. Steve McKenzie. Get out and vote, Illinois people. I, I like right. it. Steve like McKenzie. It. Vote like for it. Steve. He's a wrestler and That's he right. won't do you wrong. That's right. He <laughs> will do it when, he, when the chips are down. So Steve McKenzie, huh? He's your he's your guy that he, did it, and he's now what running for judge running in uh, for Illinois judge in, the, in the Chicago area. That is of, fantastic. Uh, that is fantastic. And you know it's interesting Chicago Chicago, um, but uh, just recently who moved out of Chicago was Lee Kemp, who's who's, uh, who's mm-hmm. you know obviously one of our superstars in the history of our, our our state, let alone country. And he was I interviewed him a few whiles a few months back, and he talked about. The most one of the most important guys in his career was his drill partner in the University of Wisconsin, who really never did anything in was you know in in the national tournament, but was incredibly important to Lee for his development because he was there every day and they coached each other. And this guy would be that guy for him. And it sounds like maybe Mackenzie was that guy for your team to well, some degree. He was that night. Yeah, he was that night. That's a that's a great story. And and Adam, when you hear these stories, you know, and I know that you're the district rep. Uh, for the state here in Northeast Ohio and very involved with making it a fair playing field, if you will, for, for Northeast Ohio. Tell me a little bit about some of those stories that your dad, you know, has shared with you and that you've actually witnessed and what has inspired you to become that, you know, voice for Northeast Ohio and, of course, in your coaching career. Um, well, I would say it wasn't so much any one thing that dad did. Um, okay. I would say it's the you know, growing up, I was Larry Hoon's son. Sure. And I know everywhere I went, after every match, any coach's hand I shook, said, hey, tell your dad I said hi. Tell yeah. your dad I said hi. I'm like, yeah. yeah, great. I'll, I'll write that down. <laughs> I just lost yeah. your kid. That's Thanks. Right. That's right. You saw but, uh, <laughs> you know, I just, I've, I've know, I know so many coaches and so many people and so many wrestling programs yeah. um, that it's, it is, all of them are my family. Not just Bedford, not just Heights, not I just Menor. We are I, blood. We are yeah, blood, right? I, I love all blood. wrestling, yeah. and, I, and I love all kids who want to wrestle. It's a, it's a cool thing to do, and I love all the coaches. And um, I want to see it done the right way from okay. a broad perspective, uh, you know, national perspective. I want to make sure all kids are getting the same opportunities and shots. Um, sure. You know, I ultimately didn't take this position because I wanted to see the Northeast Ohio dominate you know, the state tournament. Well, then that would be counterintuitive to right. what we're trying to do. Because I'm happy yeah, to see absolutely. kids from other districts win, too. If they're better, you know? they're better. Right. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, but let's have inclusion, right? Right. Yeah. And it really came from, you know, when I had uh, a couple of Cleveland coaches mention to me that their kids would not show up Ugh, to a sectional tournament. That's going to break your heart. Because they sort of knew what they were going up against. If they were at, you know, sure. same tournament with Ed's, Elyria, or Wadsworth, or something like that, they right. they wouldn't bother showing up. And this is maybe a kid who had just won 
his league tournament the week before, but uh, wouldn't bother showing up to sectional because he knew how stacked it was. That's truly terrible. For yeah, that's that's awful. That's the worst you can get. Um, because there, I would love nothing more than a kid who wrestled in Cleveland, had a great experience, a great time, yeah. come back then and help continue the process in, in those city schools, you know, where kids don't have as many opportunities possibly. Right. Um, but I just want to make sure it's being done right. And I know things will ultimately cream rises to the top. Of Your course. best guys are always going to win kind of thing. But, but you uh, never know. I mean, right. you never know. This guy can catch fire, right? I'm, mean, a, I'm, a, I'm a science teacher, so I, I like numbers. I like data. And I will tell you that the things will happen consistently for most things, but uh, there's always an anomaly. Well, there's always you know, some random things that happen in, in the world, and uh, I'm all for that, too. I love the underdogs, and I sure. love the kids that, you know, maybe he didn't practice great all year, right. but uh, he's feeling himself, and he's feeling good, and he's at the end of the year and feeling great, and if he sees a good bracket, and I was a bracket guy. I guess I was kind of like uh, Bobby Cohen a little bit. I like that. I would look at brackets and be like, all right, this guy's he's yeah. good. I know he's from Naples, so he's got to be good. And, Sounds uh, like a little bit of Larry Hooning. You know, I, I kind of, <laughs> I would think ahead. Maybe sometimes I outthought myself, but, um, you know, if, if any kid can step in and know that he's been given the best opportunity, his coach knows that right. he's been placed in the best possible bracket, best possible tournament for an opportunity to get to the state tournament, then uh, that's what I'm looking for. I want to make sure all kids feel that they're not being given any kind of disadvantage or slight just because they're not one of the well, top teams. If they don't show up because of that, that's just that is. That just, was probably the most yeah. disheartening thing to me. Sure. So when uh, when the opportunity came to step up and be a representative for our district down at the state level, I was like, no problem. Well, we're it's not we're, a problem. We're very happy that you that you've done that, and you've been a great rep- Enjoy re- representative of our area. Thank and you. you know, speaking of that, Mark Haywall, the first state champ in the history of Beechwood, he was third in the sectional. He yeah. got fired the district, and you know what? He was a state champ. So it happens, you know, and and that's what that's the kind of story we do not want not to include right. moving forward, right. you know. Absolutely. And, and so, Adam, you've you've coached a lot of young men. Is there any stories that you'd like to share with us that now that are out in the real world, like <laughs> you know, running for judges and, and doing? Oh, some I don't cool have things. anybody that that big and fancy. But, but yet, there's got to be uh, some other things that are really hard. Well, I right? I've got several young men that. Um, and, you know, that are doing well and are successful. I've got, uh, you know, some young men that are fathers now themselves. Sure. And they, they, they're always texting well, you know, me, letting me know, hey, Hoon, this, this daddy stuff's no joke. And I right. said, I, well, success is always relative, yeah, I too, I right? Killing, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Because, you right, thought I was yeah, kidding. Yeah. I was like, you just right. make sure you be a good dad and don't worry about all this wrestling stuff. Right. You know, and, uh, but I got a couple, you know, I got a guy who's on an NFL roster right now. And he's, nice. I'm, I'm very happy to see that for him. I'm very happy. But, um, you want to mention his name? Uh, sure. That's uh, Marquise Copeland. Marquise Copeland. What did he wrestle for you? He wrestled 220. Wow. He, uh, he let his college coaches get in his head, though. He didn't wrestle his senior year. He okay. would have probably, I don't want to say. Where do you I, I could say it now. He would have walked to the state finals okay. and wrestled an Ed's kid. Okay. That, probably that year. Okay. Uh, just athletically gifted beyond anything and, um, enjoyed learning the sport. Sure. But uh, he ended up rest, uh, playing football at Cincinnati nice. for Luke Fickle. Oh, sure. Ooh, another wrestling yeah. guy. So I was cat. always texting Fickle and saying, hey, just, just take him down. Show him. He thinks he's, <laughs> he thinks he's fancy stuff now. Show him what's up and that's let him know. And that's right. like, Fickle was bad man. Right. And, and I, I showed him videos of Fickle before he went down. I right. said, just so you know the guy you're mm-hmm. about to go play for. He's being nice to you now because he's recruiting you. Right. When you get down there. 
Yeah. You were about to be his drill partner. You so. know, it's, it's funny, too, because the NFL, everybody's badass, right? Yeah. So there's a funny story. Uh, Neil Carnwich is a friend of mine. He's a featured, featured guy who's a great uh, sports agent, and he represented uh, Stephen Neal. Mm. Never Bring played that. Stephen Neal, two-time NCAA champion, right? Never played a down of football in college. Goes into plays, becomes a world champion, all pro at uh, the New, New, New England, England Patriots. Yeah. And Larry McGinnis, or Lawrence McGinnis, remember? Mm-hmm. He was a badass middle linebacker, started getting in his face, and Neal just put him on his head. And yeah. that was it, man. Nice. <laughs> when that was it. You don't and, see him really talking about that on Right, right. He done, but he, he was put on his head, right? <laughs> sure. So William McGinnis. Sorry, <laughs> yeah. Larry. But the, the, greatest, the greatest compliment was what Belichick said in the last Super Bowl. He said, the hardest working guy he ever had. Okay, was him because they were talking about Edelman, who was the second hardest working sure. guy in the history of the, sure. of, the, of the Patriots. I tell I told people all the time I wished football season was after wrestling season because right. if I could walk into my football seasons and the yeah. shape I was for wrestling, oh please, two days were nothing. Fo- uh, yeah, yeah, football would be no joke. Absolutely. You go you go to two days though after a summer of swimming at the pool and hanging out right. with your friends and stuff, right. and two days feel like murder. Right. Well, I, I looked forward to this interview. Tremendously, guys. <laughs> you guys have been, I mean, I just am, I, I could go on and on with, with both of oh, you. Yeah. And it's just, it's beautiful to see a father-son relationship. You know, if I could, uh, Please I, I want to say uh, you know, something about a relationship of a father's. You know, I, w- I was always uh, mindful of not to push your kid. Uh, I did not want to be that parent. You hear bellowing in the stands about, my, yeah. my idea was to sit way back there Yes. And if I was going to say anything, it was going to be into my coat or something like that. But I was never yeah. going to be audibly heard. Right. Oh, I heard people. I heard it. Yeah. Nobody else could hear it, but I heard it. Yeah. But I, and I knew where to look. That's the beauty, right? Because <laughs> it was I, in your head, right? Uh, right? Well, it, in a good way. Not, yeah, in a, in good, a good way. way. Like, yeah. it was never, yeah. it was always just a step on the mat, look up to the corner of the gym. Yeah. If I knew he was going to be there, because we had a lot of matches sometimes sure. the same nights we did, things like sure. that. Probably because he, he coached and he knew the sport well. You know, it was, it was always at the right moment. Keep your head up. Yeah. And, you know, my yeah. coach is standing right here. Yeah. I didn't hear a darn word he said. Yeah. But I kind of look and see. <laughs> or I just give a little yeah. head nod. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know what you're saying. And and, yeah. and go. But, uh, yeah, never never was I uh, pushed. And um, I tell kids nowadays when I have kids say, oh, sure. should I get my kid into wrestling? Wrestling yeah. is great. I'm like, wrestling yeah. is great. Yeah. But don't push your kid into it. Yeah. It's, it's one of the sports that uh, – they will hate it. They if will you hate make it. them go if you make them do it. It's not something to make anybody. You do. have to organically because this Absolutely. sport is either it. in your DNA or it's not. You can't force somebody to love wrestling for you sure. Know? And you know, I had I have two sons and they didn't sniff a wrestling mat, and mm. but they're great kids, right? They're and great that's kids, fine too. and they are so uh, my pride and joy, yeah. you know. But I, I know what you're saying, Larry. That that parent that is just living vicariously through the kid is doing the kids such a disservice, right? And, and, you, right see, and, you, and you see that. Uh, you see that animosity building up. That dynamic as the is years toxic. Go on, and yeah. you know the kids not liking it. Yeah, the parents, you know, in in a, in a not right. Yeah. It can't be good for the blood no. pressure. No, no. no. You know, it's not well, good. the family it's not dynamic. Good for anybody. Yeah, the family dynamic yeah. is just yeah. toxic at that point. You know. But to um, to Adam's credit, and to the kids that he wrestled. Yes. On the heights. Yeah. Uh, they were some of the most exciting matches That's I've awesome. ever seen. Wow. Uh, because you knew how it was going to play out. Right. <clears throat> Not so much who was going to win, right. but how the effort was going to play out. Right. Uh, here's one kid who did not want you know, his record to be tarnished by his dad's 
Yes. Team. Right. And there's the kid at Heights who did not want to get beat by the coach's son who wrestles on another team. Of course. So, but it always brought out the best in both of them because they pretty much knew each other before they ever got there together right. to wrestle. Right. But their their matches were so competitive yes. and so full of uh, <clears throat> emotion. Yes. And never a boil over at either at either spot. I love that. Uh, you know, when something went wrong, yeah. Uh, they took it and they were they embraced at the end, they shook hands and hugged at right. the end, which is you know, you don't see that unless you know that those two people have a history. And there's a respect, right. a mutual respect right. there. You know, and I think I think too that's what our sport still does. There's still that mutual respect. It's a very honest sport, you know, we like to say that in this and it's doesn't really lend itself much to the trash talking, even though we still see a little bit of it. And we, it doesn't lend itself to well, the trash talking. Well, it's that one-on-one -on -one battle. You, you get exposed. You get exposed. You're going to talk. You better back it up. You um, can't hide. You, you can't, can't right hide. There's no, else. Yeah, ah, exactly. well, the team didn't play great. Right, or, uh, right. You know, our team didn't have a good practice that. Right. That no. doesn't exclude you. That's like, right. What did you do? That's and right. uh, I tell guys all the time, this in, in this day and age with kids really – Making sure they look good and social media and all that right. stuff. And I, I, I'm a, I got a great persona. Yep. Uh, this sport will <coughs> drop that persona like a bad habit like real quick because somebody, especially now, you know, some kid in the stands, yes. catch you on video getting pinned by somebody, right? And then uh, blast you on your social media or something like oh, that. You know, no question about it. I can only imagine. Uh, That's back, why I love back it. when we wrestled and I wrestled with guys and right. Man, there might have been some trash talking if we had social well, media back between Heights and me guys, but it would have been fun. It yeah, would have been fun. So, yeah. Well, but but you, but you had the you had the imprimatur to bust each other's balls. But I knew because you because you knew he right? he would always tell me, you know, yeah. He he was very upfront with me. I think probably freshman year when we knew I I was going to be wrestling at Heights my first time. Sure. He said, "No, I'm going to coach this guy yeah. to beat you." Yeah. He's like, yeah. "But you know him too." Like I knew his guys. Right. I knew who He's like, "And you know what you have to do to beat him." And yeah. I was like. He's like, and your coach will take care of you. Exactly right. I always had confidence in his coach, which was a great, uh, it, it was yeah. a great relief to me right. to know that he was being coached by good people. Sure. Uh, oh, Joe, they were great people. Yeah. 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 Joe, Joe, Joe Hada. Hada, Hada well, yeah. I mean, uh, it was you know, and, and the fact that yeah. they yeah. were good friends. Um, sure. And probably more so Joe with my mom because, you know, dad was busy coaching. So Joe yeah. understood if there was a problem ever, if I wasn't doing what I should be doing, there was a phone call to mom. Yeah. And uh, I think one day I, I missed practice because he sat me in his office and made sure I got my social studies homework done. Oh. That was not okay. one of my favorite subjects. But, right. Uh, mom made sure that got taken care of. But, uh, yeah, he, he knew I was in good hands. And when he treated me just as I know my parents would have treated me, right. I, I knew that I was... Not going to seek. There's no getting out of anything. No I getting was going to get the same treatment in all directions from everybody I had, any teacher, because they all knew my parents. It was just that kind of world I was in. and um, The consistency of the message. Right. right? And, the, was, and to know that what he was teaching me wrestling-wise and how to work was right in line with what Dad was doing at Heights with his guys. I love it. Um, you know, I saw our teams compete in the past, and I knew that we could compete with them. And when we wrestled them, it was always a great time. So... Um, so that there was, was never the, like that was the dynamic. Yeah, yeah that, was, that was it was it was fun, and yeah. uh, you know he officially wouldn't coach against me. He would sit in the stands sure. during my match, or sure. um, when my brother did went through the same thing, he would sit in the stands for that one match. Sure, and then he'd come out and shake our hands. Yeah, and, absolutely, you know, when it was over, and we'd, we'd go on with our day. 
And then but, you did uh, have impressive. Uh, well, you know, it's interesting because you did have one time where you actually coached against him, right? Uh, I think it might end up being a couple times, but okay. we were in the LEL when I started at Bedford. I was yeah. not the head coach yet. Sean Jackson, who wrestled for dad, was the right. head coach at the time. See, that's really cool. Right. You, you, really there's cool. all the family yeah. loops yeah, there, you know, yeah. and uh, yeah. I've known Sean since I was a little boy. Sure. And um, Sean was the head coach at the time. We were LEL tournament a couple times. I don't know how many times, maybe dueled twice, right. three times in that time. But uh, I remember the last time. Yes. And... Uh, it was the LEL meet in Lorraine. Okay. And we had a dual meet with Heights. Right. You know, it was like a dual meet tournament day. Sure, we yeah, were all yeah. mixing matches. And, yeah. yeah. And we were against Heights. It might have been the last match of the day. And, you know, I was, again, young, probably yeah. not a great assistant. I was just there to work out with the guys, <laughs> okay. not to think about stuff. Yeah. But uh, Sean had it in his head. We had a couple guys weighed in in a weight class. And, you know, Sean had this guy. Hold back and not report to the table, and Dad sent his guy, and we sent some other bum or something. I don't know, and and he got beat, and then we stuck our good guy up a weight and pinned his next guy, and I think I think Dad was caught off guard. I was caught off guard because I don't know what was going. <laughs> totally out coached it. Oh my goodness gracious! <laughs> I, think, I think Sean by a, to- by a protege, right? Right. right. Yeah, On yeah. that day, um, in that moment, Sean must have got him. The and, teacher uh, becomes the student. <laughs> all I remember was going through the line, shaking yeah. hands, yeah. and I I get to Dad. Yeah. And he just kind of shakes my hand and keeps going. <laughs> and I was like, oh. I, I, felt like a, I felt like an abandoned child kind of thing. I was like, Dad. And yeah. and I was like, he's really mad. And I kind of looked at Sean. I was like, why'd you do that? Like, yeah. dude, you could have lost. Like, no big deal. And uh, <laughs> I was like, oh, my dad's mad at me. And, but then, you know, we come back around the line. He's yeah. just, he's dad again. Yeah, but I was right. just like, holy yeah. smokes. I was yeah. like, and then I looked at Sean. I was like. Good work. I was like, you did a good one. <laughs> yes, So we won the league that year. We, I think oh, we went back-to-back no. back in 6, 7, and 7, 8. Wow. You know, and, and, and what I'm hearing from the, the, the hoons right here is uh, humility, love, empathy. I'm just so incredibly impressed with you guys. Mm-hmm. Always have been with you, Larry, and now that I get to know you a little better. <laughs> Adam, no, you're a great uh, progenitor of this man over here. Thank um, you. And so... Um, we we I would love to go on and on. I could go sure. on and on and talk to you guys about it, but we're we're at the end of our of our interview, and I wanted just to open it up to you guys to say anything you'd like to say to the kids that you coached over the years. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm I'm grateful for uh, for the opportunity uh, that they saw <clears throat> they saw clear to come out for the sport. You know, it takes it's a risk sure. to do that. You know, you put yourself on the line and. And you could look like a fool in front of all of your friends. You had the courage to come out. And for that, you know, I, I give them all due respect. And he is now saluting you, yes. those that are not watching. All of them. The one, the key cog to all this is a supportive wife. Rhonda learned yeah. uh, how to become, how, she was always supportive, right. but she probably wasn't included as much. And that's my fault. Okay. Uh, I didn't know how mothering she could get to a group of people year after year after year and she was uh she was just what they needed help me Rhonda she did help and she did and she did did. god bless that's what to hoons platoons I salute you and Adam you've got the last words I know I learn something new every year it's for me I love teaching I love working with kids I've always done it Uh, you know I was a I was the kid babysitting kids in the neighborhood when I was like 10 years old. So I, I've always enjoyed working with kids. But 
when they when they come to wrestle for you, you know, like you said, they're they're making that commitment. They're taking a step and they're trusting and believing, or or at least coming to try to find out right. about what you might have to offer. Right. So for those guys that have stuck it out, or even those who haven't, you know, in the other direction from my Marquise Copeland is a young man who was always ineligible, never really a good wrestler at all. Okay. And I feel like my, my me and my assistants were always having conversations about doing the right things, making good choices in school, blah, blah, right. blah. I got an email two years after he finally made himself out of high school. And I mean, the first lines just were, you were right. Wow. And he's like, man, Swirl doesn't care about me unless I've got a high school yeah. diploma and a good, he's like, I'm working now. I'm, I'm trying to improve on that. Da, da, da. And that's all I ask for is that wow. at some point you all figure it out. And everyone's got that different learning curves, right? Story. That, that's all I cared about is that he, you know, that's one of the guys, and I wish I'd hear from maybe a couple others yeah, too. But the ones that I wasn't too sure what was going to happen to yeah. him, to know that he he figured it out, the light bulb came on at some point. Right. That, uh, you know, that's what I'm most proud of. I could you'll get them ultimately as long as they learn right. and then the lessons learned is what's important. Is you carry that through life and apply it to then the people you come in contact with. And, right. Like each one, teach one, right? Everybody keeps yeah. passing lessons on down the road, and the ripple effect. Yeah, this absolutely. is what this is all about. We are blood. The ripple effect, and For sure. uh, to the hoons, I salute you both. Thank you to the hoons platoon. Maybe the next generation hoons <laughs> platoons. To Larry and to Adam, thank you so much. We are blood. I want to leave you with this thought of the day: find some one thing, idea, spirit, state of being to be absolutely madly passionate in love with. Don't you know that you're a grown-up? I'm a grown-up. Me too. Yep, me too. But you know, these days, being a grown-up can really suck. Luckily, we're grown-ups who grew up in the coolest generation. We had video arcades. And also some of the best TV and movies ever made. We lived the origin of awesome consumer electronics. The list goes on and on. Yep, Generation X. Exactly. And we're Gen X Grown-Up. Every week, the Gen X Grown-Up podcast explores media, tech, toys, games, and more from both yesterday and today. Through the eyes of Generation Xers who absolutely love that stuff. You can find us on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Or find us on our website, genxgrownup.com. Alright, you think that was good enough? I I hope so, man. I'm tired. (laughs) Who listens to a promo on a podcast and then goes and listens to a different podcast? I've never done it. (laughs) (laughs) Right.